the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential newer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Six oh four. Here we are. It is Wednesday night, and if it's Wednesday night, you know who's hanging out with me besides Joni Pelzer and Alex Garrett. Who's here? Hello, everyone. Who is that? Luca. Oh, my man, Luca Joseph Idala. Yes, my son has completed his homework, and he is here in the office of ABK. Um, it's a special night because I'm going to dinner with Luca and uh, Vinny IGG Lavien and Anthony Giordano from the Columbus Citizens Foundation to talk about how we could do more with the Columbus Citizens Foundation. And, of course, the one who makes the Idola Power Hour happen every night, the one, the only, the lovely Joni Pelzer. I was waiting for my song. Thank you very much, Alex Garrett. You go with Joan or Joni? Joni. I know, yeah. You've always I call you Joan, but you always go with Joni. You call me Joan. So yeah, is that a problem? No, not at all. Like you don't get offended with like you don't get offended with not at all. With Joan. I this is my favorite day when Luca's here. Oh Luca, how do you feel about that? You like you enjoy being here with us? I do. You do? He came right in and showed me his Halloween costume picture. Usually Fly. Usually, oh yeah, how was the Marty McFly situation? Uh, it went well. Did you go to a movie last night? I did. What movie did you go see? Five Nights at Freddy's. Wait, yeah, say it again? Five that. Nights at Freddy's? Yes. Is that like a horror flick? Yes. And what were you, what's your review um, on the movie? It, wa- it wasn't a good movie. No. <laughs> no. Okay. okay. I would not go see Luca that. was dressed up as uh, Marty McFly from Back to the Future. And Luca, I sent you a picture of uh, the, the DeLorean, right? Which is the yeah, car that did. goes 88 miles an hour there. And this morning when I was driving your bro- brother to school in Diker Heights, Parked on the street, there was the stainless steel DeLorean. Wow. Isn't that a, a wild coincidence? Yeah, that's wild. All right. So um, it, it is not the day today, and yesterday, today, tomorrow, um, where you want where you want to be in lower Manhattan by the courthouses. Uh, in the state courthouse, which is 60 Center Street, is the Trump trial, where over the next, Don Jr. started today. Uh, he'll finish tomorrow. He really just, just started today. He'll uh, finish tomorrow, and then Eric goes on tomorrow. Uh, and then on Friday, um, Ivanka goes on. So that's at, that's in one courthouse and then really kind of right around the corner at 500 Pearl Street, which is the federal courthouse is, um, the Robert De Niro, uh, trial. And 
Look, I know that there are many more important things in this, the country that's going that are going on right now than these two trials, but I do want to talk about them for a second. I want to let you know that we have um, uh, one guest who's coming on in the next hour. That's um, Phil Siegel. He is also he's, he was on last week talking about artificial intelligence, and the reason why we asked him to come back is um, the President of the United States has signed an executive order relating to artificial intelligence. And I think it um, affects all of us to some degree because this is, you know, when you start digging deep into artificial intelligence and what it can do, it's a little scary. And I think the government does need to get involved and does need to regulate it. And um, then uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk about the New York City Marathon, which is being run on a Friday. Sunday. Sunday, I'm sorry. Thank you, Joni. Right up my block, basically. It'll be on 4th Avenue, and uh, it runs right through Bay Ridge. And um, I'll tell that to our guest, Dr. Jordan Placella. But the coolest part for me about that, when I was a kid, like Luca's age and younger, is uh, where I am, it's like where I live is like the four-mile mark. And depending on the weather, it's often where people start shedding their clothing. So as a kid, even younger than Luca, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I used to just go down there with a, with a, um, like a garbage bag, a hefty bag. And I would come home with a whole bunch of clothes and put them in the, and some of them were real nice. Some of them weren't. And, um, and I'd put them in the washing machine and I had like a new wardrobe, everything from hats and scarves and sweatshirts and everything that a runner would shed. Would I ever run a marathon? Well, I remember asking my good friend Sean Hines um, what it was like when he ran his... I don't know if he ever ran one again, but after he ran his first marathon, I go, Sean, how was it? And I'm thinking he's going to give me some great answer. He goes, it's the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> he's like, you know, the human body is not supposed to run on hard asphalt for not just the 26 miles of the marathon itself, but... You know, like all the training that goes into, you know, oh, you just yeah. wake up one morning and say, let's run 26 nope. miles. But, Joan, let's wait for this topic until we have our guest on Absolutely. at the bottom of the hour. I do want to touch on a little bit on the um, De Niro case. As I said, there are much more important things in the world going on than this. But, um, and look, I cannot overstate, um, number one, my support for Israel and the people of Israel in Israel. But... The support for my brothers here and sisters, uh, uh, the Jewish religion, who, uh, you know, I, I had lunch today with San Shotwell, who's from India. Um, he, you know, he speaks with a heavy Indian accent, and his son, the birthday boy, Vikram Shotwell. And we were just, like, trying to imagine if people were standing in Times Square screaming, kill the Italians, gas the Italians, kill the Sicilians, gas the Sicilians, kill the Indians, guess clean up the world, get rid of the Indians, clean up the world, get rid of the Italians, like what that would make you feel like and how horrible it would make you feel. Um, and the genesis of it, I, I know it goes back centuries, but I mean, growing up the way I grew up, like I can't even wrap my brain around it. I mean... This makes no sense to me. So, you know, I just, I don't hate anyone, period. But I don't dislike people or prejudice against people just because of who they are and who they believe their God may be or may not be. It's it's a disgrace. Um, 
and it's way too complicated to like touch upon, but I just need to, I feel obligated in every show just to make it very, very clear what my position is on that. And, you know, people who are saying, well, you know, people, the poor people in Gaza, you know, they're getting killed. They are, and it's horrible, but they're getting killed in the middle of, of war after they were told to, you know, evacuate the best they can. They're getting killed because the people in Hamas are hiding behind them um, and using them as human shields. Um, they're not getting killed like the people in Israel were, where Hamas came into their homes, stole their children, raped their women, beheaded people, took hostages. It's, it, you know, it's just a very, very different scenario. Of course, no one should be dying right now in, in, in any place in the world. And, you know, there are all kinds of skirmishes going on all over the place, whether it's in Africa, whether it's in South America. But, you know, this is the one that makes the headlines. And, you know, when I say skirmishes, I don't think anything to the magnitude of what's going on right now in Israel and Gaza is going on elsewhere. I could be wrong, but I don't I don't think so. Um, the, the people, uh, Katie Rossman wrote a great article yesterday that came out in the New York Times about the people who are ripping down the kidnapped signs throughout the, you know, the city of New York. Why you would do that? I, I don't know. Like, people are kidnapped. People are being held. And if they, God willing, they're still alive. Why do you rip it down? You think, I mean, even if you're pro Palestinian, if you're pro Hamas, you got to screw loose. You're a sick person. You're really nuts. I mean, they're, they're horror. What they did is horrendous. And God bless Alan Dershowitz. He sent, he was sending out today headlines from newspapers from the late 1930s in Germany talking about then how, oh, Jews were overreacting to anti-Semitism and comparing it to today. And, you know, we have to be strong. We have to be vigilant and make sure that, number one, you know, President Biden continues the tone that we are not going to tolerate any anti-Semitism. And we have to do our own part. You know, tomorrow um, I'm invited to three or four different events. And the event that I'm going to, I'll talk about it more tomorrow, is the Jewish event. I'm not going to the criminal bar event. I'm not going to the district attorney's event. There's even a third one that I forgot about. But I made a choice because I had, I could have gone anywhere. I said, you know what? This is the rabbinical society. This is the Jewish society. And now more than ever in my lifetime, they need the support. So I guess I did get sucked into that topic. Um, I will talk about what went on in the courthouses. To, excuse me, Joan, you're breaking the Uh-oh. Foley rule. I'm breaking the Foley rule. It's hard not to. I mean, there's even headlines about a scuffle on the Upper East Side, two people getting into a fight because of pulling down posters. It's hard not to get pulled in, so it's okay. So we'll talk about what's going on in the courtroom <clears throat> um, after... We speak about the, the president's executive order with our AI guest, Phil Siegel, and then we'll talk New York City Marathon, and then we'll talk about what's going on in the courtroom, and we'll check in with Luca and Joni right after these messages. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare Rx, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Michael Rosario from St. Anthony's Neurology Group in St. Petersburg, Florida. 
How is CIDP diagnosed, treatment options, and what type of specialist do I see if you think you may have CIDP? The clinical presentation of limb weakness and numbness that have progressed over at least eight weeks are highly suggestive of CIDP. Laboratory testing can be helpful. It is important that if you think you have CIDP, you establish care with a neurologist. Treatment alternative includes corticosteroids, immunoglobulins, plasmapheresis, and or immunosuppressive agents. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. We are proud, proud to serve, to serve our country, to serve our local communities, to wear the uniform, to be a soldier. To serve abroad when and where duty calls. We are ready to stand with our brothers and sisters to defend, to serve, to fight. We are always ready. We are always there. We are the New York Army National Guard. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Thank you for listening to this station and for caring about the world around you. It's one of the reasons why we exist at Salem Communications. And in our New York radio stations, every year, we welcome back our friends, Food for the Poor. Paul Jacobs is here. And, Paul, we're helping countries like Guatemala and Haiti and children that live there. Why? Well, the basic reason is because these are children just like your children that need help, that do not eat every day. These are parents just like you that care about how their children is raised and don't have to worry anymore of how they're going to keep a roof over their children's head. They're going to provide them an education and give them food to eat. That ans- that can be answered with one act of generosity. Call 855-919-4673, 855-919-4673. You can also give online at am970theanswer.com, but the easiest way is just to call 855-919-4673. Let's talk about our friends at Connors & Sullivan. You know, if, God forbid, one of your family members, your significant other, someone you care deeply about, are in a hospital or they have to go into a hospital or rehab center, you need to know what kind of government programs they may be eligible for, such as Medicaid. Those costs can run up, I mean, into the thousands of dollars very, very quickly. The cost of a nursing home is $500 a day, $15,000 a month. Hospitals can be more expensive. It can absolutely bankrupt you. So you need to be prepared. And the best way to be prepared is to call the lawyers at Connors and Sullivan Attorney It's Law. They really know their stuff because they've helped hundreds of people just like us with the same thing that you could possibly go through. They'll tell you exactly what you may be eligible for in terms of relief from the government. They'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news as bankruptcy. So what you should do is call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Connors and Sullivan has lawyers in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's never too late. 
The time to plan is now if you don't have a plan. So don't wait. Call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. After you talk to one of the lawyers at Connors and Sullivan, you'll be so glad that you did. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. It's autumn in New York. It's good to live it again. It's autumn in New York. I guess so. We got daylight savings time coming up, right, Alex? Oh, yeah. This weekend, set your clocks forward, right? We're falling forward, so it's going to be busy. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, backwards. You fall You're right. back. I you fall spring backwards. ahead. You spring fall ahead. back. You, you spring ahead. And Library. there was a whole article um, in, in the Times, I think over the weekend, about um, daylight savings time and where it came from. And its origins, as legend has it, goes back to um, Benjamin Franklin. And I think it was the time when actually he was in France. And it was before electricity. And um, because it was so dark in the morning when people woke up, because of the way the sun rose and set, uh, to save burning all these candles, they moved the time back so that when you woke up at 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning, it wasn't pitch black and you didn't have to light a candle. So then it got darker earlier, so you went to bed earlier. Um, I don't know, the logic is you, know, you could have just woken up a little bit later and gone to bed later, but this is what Benjamin Franklin did. And, it's and been... he wrote about this in an essay in the spring of 1784. Oh, there you go. There you go. Joni Pelzer on the Idola Power Hour. Um, so, speaking of the days without electricity, let's fast forward hundreds of years. And now technology is amongst us everywhere. Like they just n- announced this week that, you know, lawyers every two years around your birthday, you have to register with the um, Bar Association that you did your continuing legal education. You have to pay a fee of, I don't know, it's 350 or $400 now every two years. Um, and it was always a form you filled out. Well, guess what? Now that form is an online form. Um, a New York City bid to um, get certain um, business from the city of New York. I got one of my clients call me and say, Arthur, you know, we used to fill all this out on with paper and pen and we knew how to do it then. Now it's all on the computer. We need help with that. Can you point us in the right direction? So the president of the United States, Joe Biden, has acknowledged that there are real potential problems with artificial intelligence. I'll just read you one or two sentences from the executive order that he signed called Safe, Secure, and Trustworthy Development and Use of Artificial Intelligence. It's uh, aimed at potential threats posed by artificial intelligence. Quote, artificial intelligence holds extraordinary potential for both promise and peril. Responsible AI use has the potential to help solve urgent challenges while making our world more prosperous, productive, innovative, and secure. Irresponsible use could exacerbate, exacerbate societal harms such as fraud, discrimination, bias, and disinformation, displace and disempower workers, stifle competition, and pose risks 
to national security. So to help us meter all of this out, let's bring in Phil Single, Phil, Phil Siegel, founders of Captors AI. Phil Siegel, you know about artificial intelligence. Captors is a not-profit focused on using simulation gaming and artificial intelligence to improve societal disaster preparedness. So tell us about the executive order signed by President Biden. Yeah, it's it's a pretty sweeping order. <laughs> um, it has uh, pretty much something for everybody. It is um, it's got some really good stuff that I think you know will will provide a good framework. But it's also got some strange industrial planning and policy stuff that really doesn't have a whole lot to do with artificial intelligence, and um, that's okay. Yeah, you know, the the key is going to be to focus on. <clears throat> um, what they can do uh, without um, going to Congress for now. I, I think some of the things that they have in there will require congressional approval. Some of the things are just um, acknowledgments uh, that we're going to have to uh, um, do some things in the military to secure the country, secure ourselves against uh, potential artificial intelligence attacks, those types of things. So it's, as I said, it's got something for everybody. Um, to me, the important thing is really to cut through all of it and to get to the most important stuff. Um, they have uh, some very good paragraphs on fairness that we talked about the last time um, uh, I, I was with you, Arthur, on things like um, financial services, health care, um, hiring, and so forth, making sure that these algorithms don't build bias into them. And they have some good things on trust and safety. Probably that's the most um, the, 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 the biggest part of this paper, you know, where they, they fall a little bit short, um, I think is in some of the things we have to do quickly, uh, like, um, uh, making sure that we are protecting children and the elderly against that, you know, kind of, uh, fraudulent uses of the technology. Um, you know, we've seen the impacts of not protecting children against social media, um, uh, and, you know, we need to move quickly on that. But by and large, it's, you know, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. So just tell me, tell me, like, how is it actually implemented, um, Phil? In other words, he's got all good this good stuff in it, but, like, who enforces it? Who makes sure that the robocalls that are AI-based, that they took a clip of me off the radio, the AI mm -hmm. uses my voice to now call my parents to say that I was in a bad car accident and they need to come bring $8,500 to the police precinct to bail me out. Like, who's, who's trying to monitor that from happening or prevent that from happening? Yes. The executive order can only work in federal agencies. So it's going to be the federal agencies that in that particular case, regulate telecommunications. Um, if it's an insurance issue, it might also fall under the, the camp of um, uh, the Consumer Protection Bureau. Um, but, you know, you, you've really pointed out a lot, you know, the kind of the flaw at this point. Some of those things are, need to go, are going to be, need to be regulated by the states because um, they have jurisdiction. And some of those things are laws that are going to need to be put on the books, and that's going to require Congress. But, you know, fraud over telecommunication systems is already a crime. Um, this is just a new way of doing the, a crime, and so those things 
the federal government will be able to implement with the tools that they already have. So we're talking to Phil Siegel. He's the founder of Captors, which is a nonprofit organization, basically using artificial intelligence uh, in the most positive ways possible. Those of us of a certain age, you know, seen movies like Terminator and Blade uh-huh. Runner, um, you know, where, and for those of you who haven't seen it, it's basically where artificial intelligence, you know, they become these droids and they start taking over, you know, even like the movie like Aliens, they have an android on board. Are we close to that? Is that in the realm of possibilities or is that just a cool sci-fi movie? <laughs> well, some of those things, I, you know, I personally do not see us anywhere near the Terminator um, uh, type of thing where uh, a computer system becomes sentient and decides that, you know, they, they want to destroy. Um, we are, you know, there are other things that we see in movies. You know, are we, do we have the ability to have um, uh, robots like, uh, I think it was Lance Henriksen, wasn't it, that played it in uh, Aliens, uh, an alien. Um, I'm aging myself there, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love I, that movie. Yeah. I don't think we're far from that, to be honest. Um, in fact, we may not be at all far from that. So just um, tell people, yeah. Phil, just tell people what, what Lance, the role that he played. Bishop. His name yeah. in the movie was Bishop. That's right. It was. Um, so, he, you know, his role was, um, you know, kind of a jack-of-all-trades. He was an advisor to the crew. He helped, uh, I think, with um, making sure that the, the ship was going into the, you know, kind of in the right directions, all that type of stuff. Um, but it turned out he was also programmed by the, you know, the bad guys in the movie to, um, uh, to, to kind of perpetuate um, uh, this crew kind of finding the aliens and bringing them back so that we could study them. You know, that's, he, he had both good, he was perfect for the good uses and bad uses of AI. And, you know, the question is, do we have systems like that that are close to that today? We probably could. Um, and I think that's what the executive order is really meant to do is to, you know, have the good lamp um, be available for workers, for, um, you know, for our government, for uh, so forth, and have the bad lamp um, regulated in a way that it doesn't Phil, let me ask you this you question. Know, do you see like a brand new federal agency popping up to monitor this and take care of the the AI community and how it moves forward? I think, well, that's a really good question. I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult to get all of the right expertise into the existing agencies. So, for example, there are some things both in the executive order and that just have to happen out there that, for example, the Federal Trade Commission is going to be, be able to do. We're going to need the, uh, communi- you know, the telecommunications uh, um, to, to, to be doing stuff. The Consumer Protection Bureau, like I said, uh, even the Fed, uh, the SEC, uh, Health and Human Services. You know, it's, we're going to have to get that expertise into all of those places, or we're going to have to have a central group that you know, provides um, a kind of a center of excellence that then helps these agencies do it. I, we'll see. The, the government has already has what's called the OSTP, which is the, um, the technology um, 
consultant for the government, if you will, that uh, sits in the White House infrastructure. It's possible they may um, expand that um, to provide um, these services so that these agencies don't get overwhelmed. I think it will be very hard to get enough experts into these agencies so that they'll be self uh, able um, to, to, to regulate the way we need them to. Obviously, the more AI that's coming out, the more issues that are coming out in the world of criminal law yeah. and, you know, how, how much the police use the, the, the technology, uh, how much does it tread on our rights as citizens. I can see cases going to the Supreme Court of the United States the same way they've had a rule on GPS and the way they've had a rule on drones. Um, there's a lot a lot to, uh, to be written in this script here, uh, Phil Siegel. Thank you for uh, using AI for all the positive things that it could do. Phil Siegel is the founder of Captors, the nonprofit focused on using simulation gaming and artificial intelligence to improve societal disaster preparedness. Phil, until we meet again, thanks for coming on the Idola Power Hour. Thanks, Arthur. I appreciate it. All right, folks, it is the bottom of the hour. It is 631 on the first day of November. This is my last month in the year of 55. I'm marching towards 56 on December the 1st. When I was a kid, I used to be so excited because it was only a month till my birthday. Now I'm like, oh, my God, it's a month till my birthday. All right, um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about the New York City Marathon. Don't go away. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best, period. (laughs) So tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Tonight at 7 o'clock, it's another Wellness Wednesday. We hope you'll join us. Dr. Jeanette Nishwat with me from the Fox News Medical All-Star Team. That's tonight at 7 on AM 970. Want more of AM 970 The Answer and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for breaking news, what's coming up on the radio, thoughts from our hosts, deals from our advertisers, and more. Our handle is at AM 970 The Answer. Come on, tweet with us. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. 
My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins. Suffering an injury in an accident can be a life-changing experience. Whether you've been involved in a car accident, a construction site accident, a slip and fall, or injured because of someone else's negligence, we can help. Our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you are owed. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you have been injured because of someone else's negligence, you have legal rights and may be entitled to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Let's talk about our good friends at Plaza College. Yep, because they are our good friends. They're great people. And you know I've been talking about them and the school and everyone we know over there and, and all the people that they've helped throughout the whole city and state of New York with all of their programs at Plaza College. Now, you know I've been talking to you about court reporting, court reporting, court reporting, um, because they do such a great job turning out great court reporters. Plaza College has been around since 1916. Not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study as well, including their new School of Nursing. It's an accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program that can be completed in just 16, 16 months. In fact, in May, they turned out 18 new nurses to serve our community. Thank you, Plaza College, because we definitely need those nurses. Um, Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It is an incredible learning experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, Email info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. All right. Alex Garrett busting out some running music for our next guest. Before we go to our next guest and talking about um, the marathon, uh, November 1st, 6.04 p.m., the New York Times is reporting the House of Representatives is expected to vote tonight whether to expel Representative George Santos, the admitted fabulist, that's an interesting word, who is facing a slew of federal criminal charges related to fraudulent financial schemes after fellow Republicans from his home state of New York pushed a resolution to oust him. The motion to expel Mr. Santos, which was introduced by Representative Anthony D'Esposito, not to be confused with John Esposito, this is Anthony D. Esposito of New York, it faces a high hurdle, and here's why, folks. Because the resolution requires approval from two-thirds of the House lawmakers who are voting. So they would need every Democrat and then 77 Republicans would also need to vote to expel him, assuming that all 433 members voted. Now, there is such a slim majority 
that um, I doubt the new speaker, Mike Johnson, who's still figuring out where the men's room is in the in the Capitol, or at least the one that the speaker's supposed to use, um, that I don't think he's going to say, oh, yeah, let, let's get rid of this guy. And maybe Tom Swazi, who was the congressman who didn't run for Congress because he ran for governor, is going to run and win in some sort of a special election. And he'll now be a Democrat. Uh, Democratic congressman, and that could really put the leadership in peril uh, pending uh, upcoming elections. So, but I think the New York delegation needed to send a message out there that says, listen, you know, even though we're Republicans, we acknowledge that this guy, Santos, is way out there. He's off the wall, and um, we're, we're not supporting him. So maybe like a little bit of a a little drama, a little routine. They may know that he's not going to get thrown out, but um, he uh, it, it gives them cover that even though we're Republicans, we know that he uh, should not be in the House of Representatives. All right, let's lighten the mood and follow Alex Garrett's lead. We're talking about let's not break in my stride. Um, joining now is Dr. Jordan Placella. Um, he is founder of Hitting Stride Physical Therapy. Dr. Placella on Sunday morning, once again, through the streets of all five boroughs, starting at the Verrazano Bridge, ending in Central Park. They will be running the Marathon of New York. Tell us about what it's like, Dr. Placella, for a human being to run 26 miles on the hard asphalt streets of New York City. Yeah, so first of all, thank you for having me, but... New York City, definitely a very good marathon to pick, especially if it's your first marathon. But uh, New York City Marathon, there is nothing like it. It is definitely the most popular running race. And by far, with 50,000 people running it, it is the most popular race for sure. So it is like no other experience. The crowd is going to be roaring. And if you're a runner that wears headphones, now would be time to probably take those headphones out because hearing the people scream will be probably unreal, like unforgettable. Um, so I, I've, I've been there. I, you know, I grew up in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. The marathon runs right through Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And, you know, you are a, um, you're a physical therapist. I was talking to one of my friends today and, uh, his wife, who was a runner and she's about my age in her mid fifties. She just had her hip replaced. Other people I know who are runners, they've had their knees replaced. So as a, uh, as, uh, the founder of Hitting Stride Physical Therapy. Let's talk about the perils of running a New York City marathon. Absolutely. So uh, it definitely takes uh, a number of months of training to get to this point. So if you're considering doing it now, I, I would say wait till next year. But, uh, you know, at this time, four days away, the most important takeaways would be rest and recovery, especially if you've been training a number of months for this. You, you have to take that time to recover. Getting at least eight hours of sleep at this point is crucial. And really, you just got to trust the process. Trust that, you know, all this hard work is going to pay off. Um, and uh, you won't be making many fitness gains this next next few days. So going for that extra run or, or running even harder is, is not really going to help you at this point. Um, so what, when, when should a, a runner's – I'm sorry, Doc. When, when should a runner's last run be? Like this past weekend or yesterday or something? Well, you're probably going to be continue running up until race day. Some people take the day off before, but uh, you'll be running um, 
up until race day, but not as significant as you were the weeks leading up to it. They call this a taper week. So people build up volume in their runs till about two weeks or one week before race time. And then volume drops at least 20 to 30 percent just to better prepare yourself to better perform on race day. What's the volume that you suggest someone would run before they run the marathon? Minimum on your long run should be about 18 to 20 miles on your last wrong, long run. So it, it, you, every long run that you do every week, it builds up um, as you get closer to race day. So your last run, last long run, should, should be at least 18 miles to, to best prepare yourself for the 26.2 coming up on Sunday. So I heard when you're actually running the marathon, the 18-mile mark is where you're like, oh, man, am I really going to do this? Am I really going to do, you know, eight more miles? Is that a myth or a fact? Oh, it's definitely a fact. I would say the hardest part would probably be anywhere from 18 to 22 because you've gone so far, but you have so much to go. But speaking on New York City specifically, there's plenty of times during that race where things get really tough. And I would say once you get up to the Bronx, Things get a little bit quieter up there, and when you work your way down to Central Park, it, it's it's not just tough physically; it is very tough mentally because you're used to people screaming at you, and now you don't have that as much. So the bridges get to be very lonely when you're used to all that screaming. <laughs> so the so the screaming actually does help, right? The the cheering on by all of the people on the sidelines there. Absolutely, absolutely. Because when I did my first marathon, probably about five or six years ago, I maybe had 200 spectators there. We're talking, you know, 50,000 runners now. So uh, this is a, a big, big race And when you compare to other ones. I So I was talking to Joan uh, earlier, and I said when well, one of my friends ran his first marathon, I think it was his only marathon, you know, the next day when I spoke to him, I was like, Sean, I go, how was it? How was it? And I'm expecting him to say, oh, it's the greatest thing I've ever. He goes, it's the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. He's like, there's no reason for a human being to, like, you know, didn't grow up in the woods, to, you know, running to get their food and chasing down a, a deer or a boar to eat. Um, should be running on the hard streets of, of New York for 26 miles. You know, maybe once you get it out of your system, but you're a repeat marathoner and you're, you're a triathlete, correct? Yes, yes. I like to participate in the Ironman events as well. Where do, well Doc, here's the other question I have. Where do you find the time? In other words, oh, yeah, I'm going to go out for an 18-mile run. Now, I, you know, look, I have my friends who play golf, and, yes, that's a four-hour commitment. Um, I mean, how long does it take you, if you're not running a marathon, to run 18 miles? 18 miles, it'll definitely take at least three hours for the novice runner, maybe even more. But you have to, you have to make the time, and that's the thing. I mean, committing to this, especially when you have the ideology that you can't do something like this, makes marathon training that much better. So when I first started running, um, I never even thought I would be able to accomplish a marathon. And just being able to do that and say that you've done a marathon and, and crossing that finish line makes it that much better. Well, that's cool. Let, let, let me, I, I listen, my friends who have, you know, those pictures hanging up in their office, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. Don't get me wrong. The discipline that it takes to get there um, is just incredible. And the stamina and the, just the desire and the motivation. Um, last question. I got two minutes left. It's daylight savings time, I believe, like that Saturday going into the Sunday. Does that mess the runners up at all? They're, 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 well, they're actually gaining an extra hour. So that helps with that eight hours of sleep that uh, you, you recommend? Absolutely. So I guess they'll gain an extra hour, but maybe look at their cell phones because those, those will update real time. But uh, definitely make sure to at least try to get to the race uh, ahead of time and, and get there early just to be sure.
because there'll be a lot of people heading that way. What you know? What the temperature is supposed to be? The weather supposed to be for this Sunday? I, I think we're having great temperature. You know, two years ago it was, it was raining. Last year it was blistering hot. This year it looks like a nice, cool, maybe forty, fifty degree temperature, depending on when you start. So we're looking like a, a, having a good race day in terms of weather. And what kind of um, you know is it anything sub three hours? Is that like a tremendously fast marathon for a? You know, not the professional guys who win, but and women who win. But is for a, a, a rookie, a layperson, is anything with two fifty nine and fifty nine seconds? Does that mean you're like you're an elite amateur runner? I would say so. It depends on who you ask, but that would almost be a qualifying time for Boston, which would be a very fast race for for a male at least. But even for females, anything under three hours and thirty minutes, those are really really fast uh, races. I think the average marathon time is maybe four hours and 20 minutes and we just had someone break the world record a couple months ago in chicago at you know almost a little over two hours so there's a large range wow all right there we have it dr jordan placella thank you so much i'll be thinking of you on sunday when those thousands of people are running past fourth avenue and and uh 86 are you running this uh this sunday doctor i'm not running but i have plenty of athletes running so i'll be um, there spectating I'm sure you will. All right. Thanks for finding the time to, uh, to jump on the phone with us. Really appreciate it here at the Idola Power Hour. All right, folks. One more break at 647. We'll be back. I want to talk a little bit about what would happen down in the courts today. I'll be right back. Results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major your investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Big, 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 save big all month long at Bay Ridge Honda's big Black Friday sale. Yep, Thanksgiving is here. This I actually got to take down the Halloween decorations and put up the Thanksgiving decorations, and then it's Christmas, and then, oh, my God, the year is over. At Bay Ridge Honda, they have big inventory, big benefits, and big savings with all-new in-stock Honda models marked below MSRP. Browse hundreds of new 2024 Honda vehicles like the all-new Honda HRV the Honda CRV and the great Honda Accord. They are ready for you to drive home today. And at Bay Ridge Honda, they have 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True program and their 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. Visit the Sabah family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years, serving all five boroughs, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, the Queens, and the Bronx. 
They all choose Bay Ridge Honda. Visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. This sale ends November 30th, 2023. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Yes, sir. I thought a little Bruce tonight for you because this song was featured on the River album, which I know you know by now. Uh, But this album went uh, number one on this day in 1980. So I thought this song would be fitting for today. It's just interesting because I remember my friend Kim Rayner was just in town. And I remember sitting in the basement of her house in Bay Ridge on 81st Street and... Narrows Avenue, and it was me, her, Steve Kessler, and Elise Lombardo, and the album just came out, and we just like listened to it, like I don't know, each side like three times each, six times in total. I just looked down at my phone, and I see Bobby Knight, the legendary Indiana basketball coach, died at 83 years old. Bobby Knight, one of the greatest and most controversial coaches in basketball history, has died at 83 years old. It is with heavy hearts that we share that Coach Bobby Knight, Bob Knight, passed away. At his home in Bloomington, surrounded by his family, Knight's family said in a statement, We are grateful for all the thoughts and prayers and appreciate the continued respect for our privacy as Coach requested a private family gathering, which is being honored. We will continue to celebrate his life and remember him today and forever as a believed husband, father, coach, and friend. Bobby Knight had a uh, his very winning record. Uh he coached at Army, Indiana, and Texas Tech for a total of more than 40 seasons. His Indiana teams won national championships in 76, 81, and 87, also making the Final Four in 73 and 92. Uh, besides being a great coach, he was known for having a pretty big uh, temper. Um, so I really didn't get a chance to uh, talk about De Niro and, and the Trumps, but I'll do that tomorrow. Um, Joan? How you doing, Joan? You awake? I am doing good. Okay. Yes, I'm I awake. Thank you for, I, I, you know, for I'm, producing the show. I'm checking the news with everything going on and with Hamas and Israel, and it's it's just sad. It's it's hard to watch and read. So yeah, it, let's it, lighten it, it up a little right, at the end right, of the show. Right, right here right? in the neighborhood, Luke Joseph, you your microphone on over there, big shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw you working on all kinds of math stuff over there. Tell me what you're doing real quick. Oh, it was about like discounts and markup. And wow! And what kind of class is this? Financial math. Wow! Yeah, I don't think they. Uh, Alex, you ever take a class called financial math? Uh, I'm not talking financial math, but definitely math, not financial math. Yeah. So. Well, and you know, Luca, right now, uh, President Trump and his companies and his children are all on trial. And you know about. what it's got to do with <laughs> financial math? <laughs> it's got to do with. And I apparently, one of the the sons said he doesn't know any anything about these uh, lingo. Yes, that, that was, goes along with it. Maybe was, you'll learn that lingo, though, Luca. Joseph. That was that was Don Junior today. I, I guess there were a couple of lighthearted moments when Don Junior was on the stand with the being uh, questioned by the uh, attorney general's office about some jargon that you use in the world of um, finance and business, and he apparently was mispronouncing things and. I, I you know I don't know. So tonight I'm leaving here. Vinny IGG is inside, 
And, you know, uh, the Columbus Citizens Foundation was a sponsor of the show for the month of October. I want to thank all the sponsors, the DeFazio family and uh, the Columbus Citizens Foundation for um, not only supporting the Idala Power Hour, but um, the Italian-American community and the heritage that we share and are so proud of. Um, so, uh, to be honest with you, Anthony Giordano from the Columbus Citizens Foundation, who's like, he's a big shot over there, and me, who's just like a little bit of a member, um, are trying to convince Vincent Lavienne to um, join the Columbus Citizens Foundation and really promote it, because IGG, I got a guy, um, you know, he's he's a, a well-connected dude who could um, take things to another level, and now more than ever, seeing what's going on with the Jewish community um, and the attack that they're under, I think... Um, the Italian community, which supports the Jewish community pretty powerfully, um, you know, the stronger we are, the more people we can help. So um, I am very excited about that. Yes, Joan. And to to that end, you remember our friend Elizabeth Bettina, who came through IGG. So she talked to us all about how the Italians supported Jews during the Holocaust in Italy. We're going to have her on again uh, probably next week for Veterans Week. All right. Um, Luca, what did your grandfather tell you? What do you are? What do you say? Luca, what are you? Sicilian. There we go. Yes. And, now, and now he does that to his, uh, to his little brother. I, um, I, I was able today to call on our friend, um, Oscar Goodman, our friend in Las Vegas, because I had someone call me and they had a little bit of an emergency out in, in Las Vegas, a legal emergency. And they're like, by any chance, would you happen to know anyone in Las Vegas? I go, know anyone? I know <laughs> the best person there. Joan, before we go, we got two minutes left. Talk to me about yes. this. Yes. So apparently they've chosen the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Hooray. And it's gorgeous. It comes from Vestal, New York, weighs 12 tons, stands 80 feet tall. How many of those are you? How many of you would make 80 feet, right? Amazing. It'll arrive on November 11th, and more updates are coming. They're gonna, we're going to talk about the lights and everything. So November I mean, 11th. Yes, November 11th. That's okay. in, yeah. I think Can I also add here, if you want lights November already... 11th. Go so to in 10 days. Wait, say it again, Alex. If you want lights already, Macy's already has their outside decorated. So I would recommend you check that out as well. I mean, the holiday spirit is here. The Christmas spirit is here, guys. Holidays yeah. are here. Take yeah. those I'm, Halloween I'm not, I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of pushing the season. In other words, no. I'm a big fan of where it's... Um, Right now, it's still Halloween until Saturday. Saturday, I take... Johnny Beach, when would you put up your Christmas decorations typically? Thanksgiving weekend, right? Yes. The day after Thanksgiving, right. Now, this is from John Esposito. The guy is a pro at putting up Christmas lights. And he's got that um, holiday glow. He smells Yo, he's all always the time. glowing. I mean, he's, he walks around. You don't even like them? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh when, my when in my house, my sister's birthday is December 16th. We didn't start Christmas until December 17th because we didn't want to take away from her birthday. Oh. All right, I'm going out with IGG. I'm going to go so eat some Greek food with Luca, Anthony Giordano, Vincent the Great, IGG Lavien. We're going to have a great time tonight. And we'll be back tomorrow live and local on the Idala Power Hour. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.